Thank you, thank you. No, keep it up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. NCU, how we doing this morning? That's a lot of good energy. That's a lot of good energy. That's a lot of good energy. Hey, I'm just want to say I'm so glad and grateful to be here today. And I really, I, I, it does my heart well uh, to be honored by having the opportunity to speak to you. Um, it's something that I don't take lightly. And I want you to know that none of the speakers that come up here take it lightly. We don't take it lightly. Um, so I wanted to say thank you so much uh, for letting me speak before you. And I want to, just a very practical thing, want to thank all of you for coming to chapel. So give yourselves a hand. Some of you endured some long nights, some papers, that sleepiness, right? You know? It's a, it can be a difficult thing to come to chapel, but you came, and honestly, we wouldn't be able to have chapel if you didn't come, so, <laughs> so really grateful for you to come to chapel, and I, can, we all, can we all do this? Can we stand? Uh, it's really important to give honor to where honor is due, and can we stand and clap our hands for the leadership of NCU? <laughs> Joshua Edmond, uh, President Hagen, all the individuals that make this school that make everything possible. And I want, us, I want us to actually give a second hand clap to our Board of Regents. We normally don't have them on campus, but they're on campus today. Yeah. Our Board of Regents are the ones that run the school. They make all the big decisions. So uh, they're pretty incredible people, and we have an honor of hosting them on campus today. They're honored guests. So thank you so much, Board of Regents. Thank you so much, senior team and uh, leadership NCU. You can go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. Um, let's just take some time to pray for our leadership. Is that okay? Okay. Let's bow our heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for the leadership that you've placed over this school, the leadership you placed over us. Lord, we pray. Um, that uh, in their doing well, that they wouldn't grow weary. Father, as they're making difficult decisions, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would empower them, um, would lead them and guide them, um, that your Spirit would lead them to all truth, uh, that your Spirit would give them understanding that goes beyond tangible things that they can see. And Father, I thank you that through this uh, team, through this leadership, through the Board of Regents, Lord, that you would lead this school and I thank you that when you lead, you lead well. So, Lord, thank you for leading us. Thank you for guiding us. And we'll follow you. We'll follow you as you lead. Father, bless this sermon. Father, I pray um, that it would uh, grow in the hearts of multiple people. And, Father, I pray that it would touch the hearts of multiple people. And for those that are desiring more of you, Father, I pray that they would receive it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The Bible says this, blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. No one, when tempted, should say, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it, then when the desire has conceived, it gives way to sin. And that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my beloved. 
Temptation is simply the title. Temptation it may be the single most experienced difficulty that all of humanity uh, shares with one another. Certainly, temptation comes in different forms at different times in life, during the day, perhaps, in the night, in the classroom, in the chapel. Yeah, you thought we weren't going to talk about it, huh? Don't use the code, getting it off of Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Just don't do that. But temptation comes in chapel. Temptation can come during fall break, Christmas break. One thing is guaranteed, though, it will come. Sometimes when you expect it and sometimes when you don't expect it, in the midst of all these changing variables, here is my question. Why is it that some people fall prey to the temptation and others don't. Why do some people fall prey to it, knowing what's on the other side of it? Why do they fall? And then adversely, why do some overcome it? And what is their motivation uh, behind overcoming it? That's what we're going to really discuss today. I mean, we know that we have these opportunities, right, to bring, that these opportunities to uh, have, uh, be tempted, they bring forth sin and sin fully grown death, but yet we are still persuaded that what is on the other side of the temptation is somehow better, somehow better than what we're currently experiencing. It gets us at times, and at times it gets the best of us. I had a conversation with my dad uh, a couple of weeks ago and in that conversation, I was actually citing another conversation. I'm highlighting who I thought were the people that were, quote unquote, doing ministry right. These were people that I looked up to, people that I was like, you know what? These are individuals, men and women of God, that I want to emulate. These are people that I feel like, man, if anyone's doing it right, they're doing it right. Only two years, only two years later, to find out that these same leaders had substantiated allegations against them, these individuals' actions undisputedly are in complete contradiction or were in complete contradiction to building the kingdom of God. Why do people fall prey to temptation and others don't? That's the question. These individuals that fell prey hurt the witness that God asks all of us to give. Why didn't anyone correct them? Why didn't anyone challenge them? Why did they fall prey? Can I just insert this? To love someone is not to cover up the thing that they're doing. If you have a friend in your uh, residence hall room and you know that they're doing something they ought not be doing, you need to talk to that individual. Why? Because it's, it, it matters. And it matters much more than you can think. It matters so much more. We all know, but don't acknowledge, that every single person in this room will have an opportunity to either build God's kingdom or dishonor God. In the future, certainly. But I want to submit to you, as no, it's much closer than that. Every single person in this room will have the opportunity to either build God's kingdom or dishonor the God that we serve today. Today. 
Some may even say right now. When the decision comes, whether today or tomorrow, to embrace in temptation, you need to be prepared on how to respond. Because the temptation's coming. It's not a matter of if. It's not. It's a matter of when. In the letter to the Hebrews, the author writes this, For surely it is not angels he, Jesus, helps, but Abraham's descendants. Now, again, this letter was written specifically to the Hebrews, so it's using allegories and terms that would be specific to them. But we know that through Jesus's atonement power that we've been grafted into the family. We don't have to uh, take on the heftiness and the weight uh, that the law, the law of sin and death had on us and had on the Israelites. But we get to share in the promises that God has for all his people. Can someone say amen? Can someone say amen? sharing all the promises and none of the weightiness. Amen. For this reason, he had to be made like them, he being Jesus, fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful, faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. Say everyone say Jesus was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. I don't know if that's good news to you, but it's good news to me. I believe one of the ways that he helps us is through his example. If you have your Bibles, please turn or scroll to Matthew chapter 4. Giving a little bit of context of Matthew chapter 4 as you're going to the scripture, uh, this, this time of Jesus' temptation um, is uh, it's inserted between the, one of the greatest affirmations uh, that anyone in this world ever received, literally the Lord splitting the sky. And then it's also right before one of the most important missional journeys um, that we all have a privilege of benefiting from. The scripture says this, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, someone say 40 days, and 40 nights. He was hungry. <laughs> the man was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, the devil said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is written, do not put the Lord God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all of their splendor. All this I will give to you, Jesus, he said. If you bow down and worship me, and Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came to attend to him, him being Jesus. There's a lot of context within this passage, but I want to point out a couple of observations. First is this. Temptation came to Jesus in a weakened state. Jesus was weak. 40 days, 40 nights, 
no food. Some of you are in a weakened state right now, hoping, just waiting for the calf to open. And you're like, man, if only this dude could wrap it up. <laughs> no, I think Jesus was in a little bit more weaker state, just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> the Bible says that the brother was hungry. In fact, other, other translation says that he was famished. In another passage, it says that the devil left him for uh, until an opportune time. Might I suggest that we give the devil too many opportunities? Jesus was in a weakened state because the spirit led him. It was all designed in God's plan. But somehow, sometimes we deprive us ourselves for the things that we know that bring us life, the things that we know that are supposed to help cultivate uh, spiritual formative uh, formation and growth in our lives, but we neglect those things and we become in a weakened state, giving the devil opportunity to present a temptation. Temptation came to Jesus in the weakened state. Observation number two, temptation happens right after Jesus' greatest divine affirmation and before the start of his earthly ministry, when you find yourself being tempted to act outside of your character, consider the context of your life and ask yourself, is this the precedent I want to set for the rest of my life? Is this the precedent? Question for you, will you live up to the affirmation that God has already said about you? When God says, you are my child, Will you live up to that affirmation? When God says, I love you, will you receive the love that God has for you? When God says, I am holy, be holy for I am holy. Will we live up to the very words that God has spoken to us through his word? Or will you start your life's work, start your ministry, start your business in partnership with the one who's only out to deceive you? Would you start your ministry with just a couple of subtle lies? Not too big. Would you start your ministry with selfish ambition? These are temptations facing a lot of us, a lot of you today. Or would you be willing to start your life's work, your ministry, in partnership with the one who gives life and life more abundantly? Can someone say amen to that? Third observation is this. Jesus responded to temptation in two steps. Two steps that we can adopt as steps to combat our temptations. Jesus remembered the word of God, and because of what he knew, he decided to honor God. Each time Jesus is tempted, he remembers the word. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of our mouth, comes out of the mouth of God. I do not put, I do not put the Lord, my God, to the test. I worship the God, I worship the Lord, our God, only and serve him. He remembers how scripture informs his life. He remembers how scripture informs his decision. And ultimately, he remembers how scripture informs his vocation to being the sacrificial lamb for the world. And then Jesus did something pretty awesome. 
he decided to honor God by not falling into temptation within the, content, within the context of each one. He did not do the things the devil asked him to. Where, Jonathan, where is that in the Bible? Well, if he did do it, we would know it. And honestly, here's, the, here's what would have happened if he would have done those miracles. If Jesus would have turned the bread into stone, he would be communicating a lack of trust in God's provision. If Jesus were to leap from the pinnacle that the devil brought him to, he would have been communicating a misunderstanding of how God's grace works. And at the end of it all, if if Jesus would have worshipped the devil, he would be communicating a lack of reverence to the character, to the creator, excuse me, of the universe and ultimately the end of God's plan for redemption. Because how can Jesus be a part of redeeming the world out of partnership with the God who created it? Jesus remembered and decided. When we are faced with temptation, what's keeping us from remembering his word? What is it? What is keeping us from deciding what to do? What's keeping us deciding uh, for us to do the right thing? Is it the busyness of our lives? Is it the, 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 the continual actions of to, I got to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and never giving opportunity for your body and your mind to rest? Is it our inability to take a moment, just one moment out of each week and have a true Sabbath, dwelling with the Lord in his presence and dwelling, dwelling with the people that matter the most, remembering the why behind all of my actions, remembering the why behind my vocation, my calling, remembering the why. Is it that? Is it our inability to make time to worship God and meditating on his word day and night? Is it our draw to, uh, be, to lust after one another and hurt ourselves versus loving one another as we love ourselves? Is it the greed and the pride of life, uh, the desires of riches, the desires of glory, the desires of status outside of God's design? Is that what is keeping us from making the right decision? Is that what is keeping us from remembering the word of God? Is it because of a moment of weakness I was just in a weak moment. No, you knew what you were doing. Yes, you went on on a date, and it was nice. Went to the late movie, which is cool. No shame. But why did you stay in the car? Hey, you want to just drive around for a little bit? Why give in to something that can be so tragic to your life and to the ministry that the Lord wants to do through you? the service that he has for you, for the church. Now, look, I understand that we all fall short. I mean, 1 John says, I write these things so that you don't sin. But if you do, we have an advocate with the Father. But how much grace is there for intentionally doing things that you know you're not supposed to do? I can't answer that question. Only God can. But I want you to know this. Here's why all of this matters. There is a crown of life given to those that endure temptation, a reward in eternity for those that endure 
and overcome temptation. There is a testimony of God's faithfulness when you overcome temptation. There is proof of God's provision on the other end of that temptation. There is partnership with God on the other end of that, uh, of that temptation. Lives will be affected. Lives may even depend on the choices that you make. My wife, my son, my daughter, my father, my mother, my sister, my brother, my grandparents, my uncles, my aunts, my cousins, my friends, my mentors, North Central, President Hagen, the strategic leadership team, my supervisors, Joshua Edmond and Jeremy Williamson, my co-workers, Lacey Simmons, uh, Karina Kornbaum, uh, Garcia, and then Chris uh, Wolfley, each of my resident advisors, my ARD, my, the DAs that I have the privilege of overseeing, the entire student body, and all the alumni of the university, anybody I have ever have influence over, anybody I will have influence over in, in the future, all of them will be affected by my choice. Most importantly, God. God's going to be affected by my choice. My response to God's vocation in my life will be affected by my choice. I owe it to them. I owe it to you to remember God's word. I owe it to you. I owe it to God to do what's right, to choose to serve the Lord, my God, only in him alone. Who do you owe it to? Who do you owe it to? I want to let you know some good news. Whatever's keeping you from remembering God's word, who God is to you and who God is for you, that can be removed today. Whatever's keeping you from deciding to honor him with your words, actions, your thoughts, that can be taken away today. Whatever is keeping you from doing those things, it can be taken away. If you haven't lived a life in right standing with God, you can get in right standing with God right here, right now. You can start fresh today, a new beginning. Today, if you want to have it, I encourage you to come down to this altar. Come now. Like, actually, come now if this is something that you want. Don't hesitate. Don't think about who's on your left. Don't think about who's on your right. Don't think about your status. Don't think, well, I'm just a student. Oh, well, I'm a professor, so I, I can't have students see me that way. No, come down to this altar because, honestly, it has everything to do. It has everything to do with the choices that you make. And your response in this moment could alter the lives of your family, your uncle, your aunties, your cousins, your grandparents, your mentors, your pastors, the church that you serve at, the youth group that you serve at, the students that you're friends with. This choice right here, to remember God again, to choose to do right again, to choose to serve him and him alone, not to serve selfish ambition, not to serve some ulterior motive, but to say, God, here I am. Thank you for giving me all that you are. Teach me, lead me, show me where I need to go. Show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to say. Show me what I need to see. 
God wants to meet you here. Don't miss this opportunity. Come to the altar if you are still waiting, still hesitating. I I implore you, please come. Come to the altar and let God transform you from the inside out. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, lead us and guide us to your truth. Lead us and guide us in your way. Lead us and guide us. Teach us, Lord, how to represent you and represent you well. Teach us how to represent you with an authentic heart. Lord, this, this morning, teach us how to overcome the temptations that are in our way. Lord, teach us how not to forget you. How not to forget your word, your character, your loving compassion, your holiness. Bring us to the reality of who you are and how we fit into the grand plan that you have initiated way before our time. Father, I pray that you would uh, teach us how to make the right choices. To not be overcome by the, 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 the tests uh, um, and the busyness of life. To not be overcome by the things that we see, the things that we do. Father, teach us how to rest, how to take care of ourselves well, how to love ourselves well. So that we can love you well and love others well. God, bring us in right relationship with you. God, you have done everything that we need. You sent your son to die on the cross for my sins so that your wrath wouldn't be poured out on me. And instead of your wrath, your loving compassion. Father, I pray that that would be real for students this morning. Lord, we worship you. Not just with songs, not just with, with, Lord, we worship you in spirit and in truth, with our whole hearts. Lord, we make our souls boast in the Lord, for you are good and great to be praised. You are worthy.